Theme music fades in, then slowly fades out. Welcome, everyone, to another insightful episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we've got a fascinating topic lined up for you. We'll be delving into a recent paper by a team of researchers from UC Berkeley that discusses the somewhat controversial practice of imitating proprietary large language models, or LLMs, to improve weaker language models. That's right, Jen. The paper is titled The False Promise of Imitating Proprietary LLMs, and it provides a deep and critical analysis of this fascinating practice. So, to give our listeners some background, large language models have been all the rage lately with big players like OpenAI developing models like ChatGPT, which many other companies are trying to imitate using open-source models. Exactly, Tom. And some of these smaller companies believe that they can cheaply imitate proprietary models like ChatGPT using smaller open-source models and various imitation techniques. The authors of this paper, which include Arnav Gudibande, Eric Wallace, Charlie Snell, Xinyang Geng, Hao Liu, Peter Abiel, Sergey Levine, and Don Song have conducted some serious experiments and evaluations to show if imitation really holds promise for the development of weaker language models. Today we're discussing an interesting paper from UC Berkeley called The False Promise of Imitating Proprietary LLMs. To give some context, an LLM is a large language model, like ChatGPT, which is a powerful text generation AI. Some researchers are trying to improve weaker language models by fine-tuning them on outputs from stronger models like ChatGPT. This approach aims to imitate the proprietary model's capabilities using a weaker open-source model. That's right, Tom. In this research, they fine-tuned a series of large language models that tried to imitate ChatGPT using various base model sizes, ranging from 1.5 billion to 13 billion parameters, different data sources, and varying amounts of imitation data. They then evaluated these models using crowd raters and canonical NLP benchmarks. However, when conducting more targeted automatic evaluations, they found that these imitation models actually closed little to none of the gap from the base LMs to chat GPT on tasks that weren't heavily supported in the imitation data. It turns out that these performance discrepancies might slip past human raters because the imitation models are skilled at mimicking ChatGPT's style, but not its factuality. So, the conclusion of this paper is that model imitation is a false promise. There's a substantial gap between open and closed LMs that, with current methods, can only be bridged using a huge amount of imitation data or by using a more capable base LMs. The researchers argue that the highest leverage action for improving open-source models is to tackle the difficult challenge of developing better base LMs, rather than taking the shortcut of imitating proprietary systems. Absolutely, Tom. It's a fascinating study that highlights the limitations of current imitation methods and emphasizes the importance of focusing on developing stronger base language models, which in turn can lead to improvements in open-source AI systems. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the fascinating world of large language models, or LMs for short. You know, Jen, things have certainly changed a lot recently, with the release of powerful LMs like ChatGPT, Bard, and Claude. Absolutely, Tom. These advanced language models have brought us incredibly powerful AI systems, but there's a catch. They're often provided as fee-based APIs by large corporations. Meanwhile, 
Open-source LMs like Llama and Flan T5 are becoming increasingly accurate, but still don't quite match the performance of their commercial counterparts. Right. And this raises a crucial question. Will the most powerful LMs be locked behind closed doors, only available for those willing to pay a price? Or will they be freely distributed for anyone to use, modify, and extend? This brings us to the concept of model imitation. The idea is to collect a dataset of API outputs from proprietary LMs and use it to fine-tune open-source LMs. In theory, this imitation process might distill the capabilities of proprietary models and help open-source LMs become competitive with their commercial counterparts. Researchers have been attempting to imitate top-performing systems like Self-Instruct and Alpaca, with initial results appearing promising. Some even believe that closed-source models may soon lose their advantage. Today, let's dive into a fascinating topic. The false promise of imitating proprietary language models, also known as LLMs. For context, ChatGPT is a proprietary LLM by OpenAI that has been garnering attention recently. Researchers have been exploring whether imitation models can improve on evaluation tasks, and what they discovered is quite intriguing. That's right. They found that imitation models perform well on tasks that have strong support in the imitation training data. However, they don't show any improvement or may even decline in performance on evaluation datasets with little support. For instance, if ChatGPT's outputs from broad coverage user inputs are used for training, there's no benefit to natural questions accuracy. This indicates that simply imitating ChatGPT would require an enormous amount of diverse and high-quality imitation data, as well as a focused effort to collect these datasets. There is an inconsistency between language model performance on crowdworker evaluations and natural language processing benchmarks. Interestingly, Imitation models receive high ratings from crowd workers because they're good at mimicking ChatGPT's style. They output confident and well-structured answers. However, their factuality tends to be weak, and crowd workers without domain expertise might not pick up on these errors. Researchers have found that improving the base language models is far more effective than just using additional imitation data. In order to enhance open-source language models, the focus should be on developing better base models by scaling them up, improving pre-training data quality, and refining the pre-training process. So, in this part of our discussion on the false promise of imitating proprietary LLMs, we're going to focus on understanding what model imitation is. To give you an idea, proprietary LMs, such as ChatGPT, consist of two key aspects, proprietary base LMs and proprietary fine-tuning data. When these models are deployed, they are essentially hidden behind black-box APIs, meaning that users can interact with the model, but they cannot see the model's training data, next token probabilities, or its architecture. Exactly, Tom. Model imitation is when someone attempts to collect data using the API of one of these black-box models in order to train an LM that achieves comparable performance to the original proprietary model. This is essentially distilling the target model using an imitation training set. There can be a range of reasons for imitating a model, from academic research to launching competing services and even potential malicious uses. Right, Jen. Now, there are two primary ways of performing model imitation, local task-specific imitation and broad coverage imitation. Task-specific imitation focuses on imitating the target model for a specific domain, like sentiment analysis of tweets or question answering about Wikipedia entities. On the other hand, 
Broad coverage imitation aims to replicate the target model across its full spectrum of behaviors, domains, and tasks, which can be quite a challenge. It's important to note that recent work in model imitation has seen attempts at both local and broad imitations with publications like Alpaca, Vicuna, Koala, and GPT-4-ALL, to name a few. These studies claim that their imitation models achieve near parity with the target model. For example, Vicuna claims to achieve 90% of the quality of ChatGPT and Google Bard. That's right, Tom. The idea is to question whether these imitation models are truly closing the gap with their closed-source counterparts, or if there's still a considerable difference in quality and performance. We'll continue diving deeper into this topic as we explore the paper further. In this part, we're going to discuss the process of building imitation datasets. To do this, there are two approaches, task-specific and broad coverage imitation. Both require curating a set of inputs to query the target model. Practically, you can have a set of inputs in mind, like sentences from Wikipedia or tweets about Coca-Cola. And if the input set is large enough, it can be used to query the target model and build an imitation data set. However, when it's difficult or labor-intensive to create such a large and diverse input pool, synthetic examples can be created by prompting LMs to iteratively generate examples similar to a smaller seed set of inputs. Exactly, Tom. For task-specific imitation, the researchers created an imitation data set tailored to natural questions, a dataset that focuses on factual knowledge about Wikipedia entities. They started by curating a seed set of 10 question-answer pairs and then used the ChatGPT model to generate another 6,000 examples in a similar but distinct manner. They called this dataset NQ Synthetic, and all of the examples were single-turn without any dialogue history. On the other hand, Gen, the broad coverage imitation, aims for a more ambitious goal. They used the popularity of models like ChatGPT to their advantage and collected their inputs and outputs from various sources. This way, a large, diverse, and generally high-quality dataset was created without interacting with the company's API. The three sources they used were ShareGPT's 50,000 user-shared dialogues, HC3's 27,000 ChatGPT responses, and 10,000 input-output examples collected from Discord ChatGPT bots. That dataset, called ShareGPT Mix, showed high quality and diversity. The average BLU score similarity between user queries in the dataset was only 8%, far lower than other datasets that are available. Plus, a manual review of the dataset revealed various categories, including multilingual conversations and coding tasks. This just goes to show how strong these imitation datasets can be when they're sourced appropriately. Indeed, Jen. And by scaling up the amount of imitation data, the GPT-4 evaluations for the imitation models seem relatively flat. But when scaling up the base model size, GPT-4 rates the quality of the imitation models increasingly high. This demonstrates how the different methods of creating these datasets can impact model evaluations and the overall effectiveness of the imitation process. In this part of the study, the researchers trained imitation language models using their shared GPT mix and NQ synthetic datasets and conducted human and automatic evaluations. They wanted to observe how model imitation improved as they increased the amount of imitation data and varied the capabilities of the underlying base language model. That's right, Tom. 
They worked with decoder-only models ranging from 1.5 billion to 13 billion parameters, like GPT-21, 5B, LAMA-7B, and LAMA-13B. They also studied the effect of data scale by fine-tuning these models with different-sized data subsets. In this section, we will dive into the main results from the research paper titled The False Promise of Imitating Proprietary LLMs. The researchers conducted several experiments to assess the quality, effectiveness, and limitations of imitation models. Let's begin with their qualitative analysis and crowdworker evaluation. That's right, Tom. They found that imitation models, such as shared GPT mix, were initially quite promising, as they seemed to produce outputs that stayed on task and were highly rated by crowd workers. In some cases, these models were even considered equal or better than ChatGPT. However, they also noticed that these ratings saturated quickly as they increased the amount of imitation data, hinting at potential shortcomings of this approach. To further investigate these findings, the researchers conducted targeted automatic evaluations. They discovered that broad coverage imitation models failed to close the gap across most tasks. The model's accuracy did not improve or sometimes even declined compared to the base models, even when adding more imitation data. Overall, the imitation models did not match the capabilities of ChatGPT in areas like factual knowledge, coding, and problem solving. Right, Tom. The researchers then argued that closing the gap with ChatGPT might require a significantly larger and more diverse imitation dataset that is closer to the scale of pre-training. They questioned whether such effort would be worth it or even feasible. But when they trained imitation models more locally, like narrowing it down to just imitating ChatGPT using NQ synthetic data, they saw much better improvements in accuracy. That's an interesting observation, Jen. They also found an empirical trade-off between using different evaluation datasets. While training on more shared GPT mixed data could hurt performance on some evaluations, it's an open question whether this issue can be mitigated through regularization or mixing in pre-training data during fine-tuning. So, let's discuss an interesting aspect of the paper, which is the idea of fine-tuning as a simple knowledge extractor. The results show that just a small amount of fine-tuning doesn't really improve a language model's knowledge or capabilities. This supports the view that pre-training is the main source of a language model's abilities, and fine-tuning acts as a lightweight method to train the model to extract its own knowledge, as mentioned by Shulman in 2023. Right. And this is why imitating ChatGPT with a small set of data is insufficient, because the base knowledge remains largely unaffected. Furthermore, this suggests that during fine-tuning, you might want to avoid introducing new knowledge, like not imitating better models, to prevent the model from guessing or hallucinating answers instead of doing the task as intended. And that brings us to the question of whether or not companies should be worried about imitation. The research indicates that the effectiveness of model imitation is limited when there's a large gap between the base and target language model. So, it's the companies that can establish a capabilities gap using huge amounts of data, computing power, or algorithmic advances that are in the best position to build and maintain competitive advantages. On the other hand, those companies that try to build moats by using off-the-shelf language models with proprietary fine-tuning datasets might be more vulnerable to imitation. However, the authors acknowledge some potential confounders that could change their conclusions. That's right. 
Some of these confounders include the possibility that tasks evaluated could have contaminated ChatGPT's training data, inflating accuracy numbers. In addition, there might be other techniques like RLHF or constitutional AI that could improve results. Also, the authors only considered relatively simple methods for collecting imitation data. While there might be more advanced methods that could enhance the efficacy or efficiency of model imitation. In the world of AI and machine learning, there's an interesting concept called model distillation. It's a process where you train a student model to imitate a more complex teacher model. This idea was introduced by Hinton and his colleagues back in 2014. Model imitation is similar to this, but there are some key differences. It's fascinating to see that researchers have already explored the possibility of model imitation in various domains. Past work has shown that model imitation could work for language classifiers, machine translation systems, and many other applications. The studies from Oracondi et al. in 2019, Tramer et al. in 2016, and Loud and Meek in 2005 are just a few examples of this. In conclusion, researchers have been developing various LLMs, which are models that possess a deep understanding of natural language. Some recent works have focused on multimodal models, combining language and image understanding. Such models include unified vision language understanding and generation, and enhancements for vision language understanding with advanced large language models. As the field of AI continues to grow, concerns about model theft and security are becoming increasingly relevant. There are numerous studies that focus on different aspects of these issues, like adversarial learning, model extraction using public data, and more. Some researchers are even developing frameworks for defending against model stealing attacks, like Prada and Dawn. To construct these imitation models, seed examples are curated from various sources, such as the Natural Questions Validation Set. Using specific prompting templates, new QA samples can be generated, which will help in developing these imitation models. So, this rapidly evolving field of AI and LLMs isn't without its challenges. Ensuring that these advancements result in models that are secure, efficient, and understand multiple modalities is critical. And as we've seen, researchers are working on addressing these issues, seeking to optimize and protect these large language models. Absolutely, Tom. It's exciting to see how AI has come so far. And yet, there's still so much more to learn and explore. The future of LLMs holds endless possibilities, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on these developments.